My name is Joel McLeod. I'm Roland Tanner. And welcome to the Thursday 905 Roundup. Uh, today we're focusing, uh, prim- it's, well, the only thing to talk about right now is election, elections, elections. We're talking about, uh, this time, municipal elections uh, in municipal politics and affairs on this on this week's episode. Uh, Roland, what do you have in terms of municipal elections? Yeah, well, well yesterday was the day when candidates can formally start registering uh, as candidates and you know, um, register bank accounts and start uh, hitting, the, hitting the doorsteps. Some candidates probably around the province have been hitting the doorsteps for a few months, but technically they're not allowed to take donations or allowed to do anything until yesterday. Uh, and Hamilton kicked off the um, kicked off the municipal election season by also kicking a candidate off their property. Um, <laughs> the, the the candidate in question was was uh, Kojo Dampty, I believe, who's running in uh, Ward fourteen. And I'm just checking my facts there. Um, and it's uh, it, uh, uh, Joey Coleman of the Public Record uh, tweeted a few things, and it certainly got some uh, quite a bit of attention around the city, or certainly in the Twitterverse, anyway. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, it. This is the kind of thing that makes cities look really stupid. And I know that anybody from the city listening to me speaking right now is jumping up and down, going, "Yeah, but that's the rules. That's the rules." And they're kind of right, and they're kind of wrong. The rules are um, stupid. Yeah, the rules are stupid. Uh, bylaws in in most cities, probably all cities in Ontario, are there to stop candidates misusing the city logo, city images, city property to suggest that they have a, a support, official support in any way. Right, um, and that's right. You, you don't want that. Um, the problem okay. is that how it's implemented never looks like that. What it looks like is the city kicking challengers off the property. Meanwhile, the incumbents get to use city property every day of their life right. until election day. Well, that, um, that's, so that's, it, it, that's it in a, in a nutshell. I mean, we, you and I have both run for public office, and I remember going into uh, the city clerk's office to drop off my papers, and they give you a big, stern lecture. Like, it is, like, if you walk away from anything of this meeting, it's to recognize you do not use city public pro, city property anything with the the city's logo on it or that could be associated to any passing glance with the city in any of your campaign material and you say okay yes of course i understand you sign your papers you move on in hindsight i realize that's really stupid because as you said roland you know for four years you've had every city councilor and the mayor and it's not just in hamilton this is every municipality in the, the the democratic free world <laughs> has yeah. the right to, oh yeah, I want to make a public announcement. Oh, I'll go to my local community center. I'm going to go stand outside city hall and look all, you know, very mayor and very, very uh, uh, official. And I'm going to have the city logo and I have the city flag behind me and all this. And you do that for four years and then you get, you know, poor schlub, Joe Blow, Jane Sixpack, whatever coming up and saying, uh, you know, I, I, I want to run. I want to cast my, my, hat in the ring and make a difference, but I'm not allowed to have an equal footing. It's honestly a little, uh, a little shady and a little sketchy. The other thing is, um, I'm going to make the argument of why it should be. It's public property. Anybody can go there. You're going to have the elections there. Anybody can walk into a publicly owned library or hockey arena or swimming pool and use it. 
you can, I, I don't see why there's this fear of, oh, we it will we'll misconstrue the candidate might, might what the candidate's saying, it might be construed as official city policy. Because I mean, unless they actually say, oh, the city of Newmarket or city of Burlington or the city of town of Oakville or, or whomever has, you know, they're going to do this and it's a lie, then that's when the city clerk's office or another candidate calls him or her on that lie. Because Lord knows- well, well, I was going to say, we've had lying politicians before in the past, and we've had people lying during campaigns at all levels of government. That's what happens, unfortunately. People lie. You get called out on it. But I mean, let's let's give the public a little bit of credibility to understand that, hey, because Roland Tanner or Joel McLeod shows up with you know the city of Burlington or the city of Hamilton property in their background, it's not a tacit endorsement of the, of the city bureaucracy. It, I mean, let's, let's give people a little bit of credit and stop treating them like children on this. Yeah, and, and actually, I will give some credit. We've been pretty tough on on the uh, current incumbent council in Burlington the last couple of weeks for various reasons, and I'll, I'll give them some credit that they've also that they've passed. They have relaxed their rules somewhat um, this time around compared with uh, what was in place in uh, 2018, and good for them. I think that was the right thing. Um, I think there was a complete ban on using city property. And I think yep. you're now allowed to book city property for events as long as you're, as long as you, you know, you're careful about it and you make sure everybody knows what's going on. Because the crazy thing is that, that, you know, the rest, like you say, the rest of the year, any party can book a city and they do frequently They book city, um, venues for events and you'll have a liberal party event at the senior center or a conservative party event at blah 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 no one confuses that as the city endorsing the liberal party or the conservative party no they're just paying for the location just like you do when you have a wedding at, you know um so it's such a silly thing and and, and to say it's certainly in 2018 in burlington it really rebounded to make the city look petty and to you know, rightly or wrongly, and uh, to, to to raise the specter that people felt the city was against people who were challenging incumbents. Mm -hmm. When I say rightly or wrongly, I don't really care whether it was right or wrong. That was how it was perceived. Um, you know, I remember trying to, uh, well, not me, I wasn't involved, but uh, a uh, the Engaged Citizens of Burlington group trying to book city um, uh, venues to to hold debates where all candidates could come. They wouldn't let them book it because it's, it's like, well, you know, you might be biased. The fact that you know Burlington Green or an environmental group or the 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 uh, the um, uh, you know the, the the Federation of University Women are biased, if you want to say, because they're they're activist groups on behalf of a given cause. ECOB was an activist group on behalf of a given cause too, um, but. You know, they they were the ones who were kind of picked on. I mean, I think uh, you know, it was such a, a stupid, stupid thing and so unnecessary. And um, well, here's a, uh, here's the Hamilton's is it, making the same mistake. Well, not only is it stupid, Roland. I mean, it it sends the wrong message to public in, engagement. You know, there there are people. The 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 thing that there's no uh, the only the only barrier I think to being involved, getting involved in politics, to running for a some kind of uh, elected position is pretty much two things. You have to be a Canadian citizen and you have to be a, you have to be over the age of 18. Uh, really is that those are, that's it. Those are the only two bona fide criteria. I don't even think you have to be a resident of Burlington necessarily, or like the city that you're running in, uh, necessarily to run there. It's just, it looks bad if you're not. Um, 
that's I, I could be wrong on that. Just double check me uh, if, I, if I am. But the, the, the point is, like, you, there's all these barriers in these, you know, you put rules around it. It's just really the only, there's no rules against liability, you know, libel or slander. That's the, and that's the thing that people care about is like people who blatantly lie. Um, and I dare I say it, I, 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 you know, I, I look at what's happening south of, as we're recording this, I'm, and this isn't going to be a far stretch for our listeners, but bear with me. There is a, a connection here in my head. The South of the border, you look at what's happening with uh, the potential of Roe v. Wade being overturned. And a lot of people are looking to uh, the Supreme Court justices and remembering, and they're coming back to their hearings and saying, hey, they said that they wouldn't be this literal in their trans- translation of the of precedent, constitution, whatnot. They lied. They lied in their, their confirmation hearings. And- I'm kind of like, yeah, like that. That's the thing. Like, we don't hold politicians to what they say. It's kind of we give them a a blank slate to lie. We get, we get, we we kind of say, oh yeah, that's what politicians do. But we have all these ridiculous other rules around. Well, you can't, you can't do a do your event at these venues, and you can't book this this venue or, or hold this because somebody somebody might get the wrong idea. Yet there's nothing stopping somebody from blatantly lying and saying, oh yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna give everybody a brand new. Tesla Model S. If you elect me, like that's there's nothing to hold people to account. We just trust everyone on, on our goodwill and our good nature, and it's a little it, it's a little insulting to uh to the people's intelligence to just not give people that that bit of credibility. Actually, talking about insulting intelligence, I just want to raise another Hamilton issue. Actually, that I think is worth mentioning. Uh, it's following up um, an episode we did a couple of weeks ago, following the death of. Um, uh, uh, Boris brought in uh, in a hit and run incident, um, and, and the recent horrendous spate of uh, deaths on ha- Hamilton's roads. The, the really sort of a staggering number of people being killed. Another person has been killed in Hamilton this week, and um, you know, council um, yesterday discussed it. The current incumbents discussed it, and the level of debate is so horrendously bad. Um, not, not all of them, but I mean, I, I'm going to pick out Sam Marilla because he's always good for a quote. Um, he suggested that the car manufacturers should be made to reduce the, the top speeds that cars will go at, which kind of somewhat ignores the fact that you can kill someone at 30 miles an hour quite easily. Um, you know, uh, other people talk about greater punitive outcomes for people who've hurt and killed people. Like, this is all so getting the car before the horse um, or taking the horse out and running it over with a tractor or something. I don't know. Um, the problem, the reason people die on Hamilton streets is that Hamilton streets are designed for speed and death. Um, you've got these massive four lane highways through the core of the city, uh, which, which just are completely anathema to pedestrians. Um, and as someone who cycled across them to cyclists as well, uh, it, it, you know, the, the whole Vision Zero thing, which Hamilton has signed up to, which they keep on talking about, is that you redesign your streets to prevent the deaths, and no one talked about that. You know what? It, that on that note, I I've brought this up to well anyone who listen, and if you're listening now, you're one of those people. Congratulations. The you know the, the one of the, the the I find that it, people who live in Hamilton don't quite get why Hamilton kind of has a bad rap outside of Hamilton. Um, and it's one of those things like it, it's the one thing that you, you always hear is uh, when you ask somebody from Hamilton, why, why is it so great to live there? I, I always hear, oh, it's so easy to get around in our city. It's so easy. You know, it, everything is just, you know, you drive around 
it's you catch the wave on the on the streetlight. It's so easy to get around. As somebody who doesn't live in Hamilton and who's gone into Hamilton many a times, I can say without a doubt that that is malarkey. It is not easy to get around Hamilton. It is in fact painfully hard to drive around Hamilton if you don't know where you're going. If you know every back alley and every side street to turn down, you you yes, it probably takes five minutes to get around. But for the rest of us driving into that downtown core, coming off the 403 getting onto Main Street, it is terrifying. Um, like, I don't say this to you, to you, Roland, but whenever I come to visit, it is terrifying because it's, it, you know, you're getting off a, a, a kind of a, a slow paced highway. And then all of a sudden you're like, you're stepping on the gas inside, inside the city limits. Cause it's a four, in some cases, you know, four or five lane high, uh, uh, roadway. It's just crazy. No, it's, it's not, uh, if you don't, yeah, if you don't, if you don't live in Hamilton, it's not, uh, a welcoming place to drive. No, it's uh, not. And that, you know, it, it, it's 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 darn scary. And I'm only just getting my head around uh, yeah. the system now. But it's just um, it's one of those having that, lived five miles away for the last twenty years. You know, but it's one of those things like um, city like city leaders need to understand this. Like they need to start listening to those of us who are outside and say, "This is what our impression. This is the first impression of your city. Is that it's terrifying to visit. It is a." It's not a welcome, it's not, the first impression is that it is not, it is not welcoming. It really is not. Like as you're driving into Hamilton, it's not, you don't feel like, oh, I, I want to be here. It's, I need to get off this road as quickly as possible. I need to find someplace safe to go, to park my car and get to where I need to go. I, it's, and that's, a, that's for a lot of people, that's their first impression of Hamilton. And what strikes me is how often city leaders just don't get that. They, they just, you know, it's one of those like, oh, we, you know, I, I'm, I'm no outsider. I don't count. Yeah, you're right. I don't. My vote, I don't vote in Hamilton. But I will say this. If you're going to somebody who says, yeah, I want to set up shop. I want to set up a factory. I want to set up a, a headquarters. Hamilton is not, like, the, the first impression that you're making is not one that says, hey, we want you here. Yeah, so and certainly in the, in the in the core, um, too much of the core. I mean, I mean, I mean, good things are happening, and we've talked about that a lot. Uh, but too much of the core is still, you know, and yeah, certainly that first impression. Uh, it, it, yeah, but it's ironic that that too many councillors seem. I mean, I know um, in the days I believe after Boris Brot was killed, a, a councillor used a phrase I can't quote word for word, but something very close to. You know, there's too many people trying to wage war on cars or something like that. I, I'm not going to swear that those were the exact words that were used. Um, and it's like, geez, it's not, the people in cars aren't the ones who are dying here. It's yeah. the pedestrians. And who um, cares about a car? And, and a car doesn't have feelings. Car, a car I'm just thinking of like, you know, all the great cities of the world where, where we might go on our vacations. You know, you might go to Edinburgh or Paris or uh, Copenhagen. Yeah. Notoriously horrendous to drive around, <laughs> which is pretty much why they're good for pedestrians. <laughs> but no, nobody, nobody sits there and says, "Oh my God, Copenhagen! Who would want to live there? Who would want to live yeah. in Paris? My God, who would you know?" And that's you know, it's time, maybe it's time we start looking at you know back in the the old old school and, and take a note. And yeah, I mean, we like the car. The car isn't going anywhere. It's it's staying put. But by God, like our cities can be designed better to be a little bit more safer and accommodating to those of us who want to, you know, want to live there. Um, but I think it'd be transformative. Yeah, it'd be transformative for Hamilton when that happens. And uh, the, the uh, you know, the the LRT will contribute to that as well. And, and you know, 
good things are coming. And I know some of the candidates who just registered yesterday, uh, Keenan Loomis, who's running for mayor, who's been talking about Vision Zero. I believe the candidate who was kicked off the forecourt um, was also talking about the, the traffic fatalities in Vision Zero. So it, it's on the agenda, which, which is mm-hmm. good. Um, it's definitely a case where the incumbents seem to be just not on the same radar as as many other people. Um, and, and, you know, I, I'm saying not all the incumbents, but certainly the, you know, some well-known faces who've been on council for a long time are just not on the same planet. On that note, why don't we take a break uh, for our sponsor and we'll be back with uh, the later half of the 905 Roundup. And we're back. Um, you know what? We're, we were just talking about Hamilton. Why don't we stay uh, stay put and bring up another issue with Hamilton? Well, not an issue. I just think... I, I have mixed feelings on this on this one, um, but uh, CP24 was reporting uh, last week that basically Hamilton City Council is voting to move ahead to uh, basically fire uh, approximately 500 transit unionized transit workers uh, for being unvaccinated uh, in in Hamilton City Transit. Um, this is I think this is going to be an interesting election issue because this is not going to go away the the basically right now according to the the rule uh the non-compliant workers have basically until may 31st to get fully vaccinated uh and then they can keep their jobs if not by may 31st the city says that they will terminate their employment uh on that note the amalgamated transit union local 107 uh is basically saying we're going to go to go to bat for these uh for these workers and we'll take them to court um, yeah, I mean, the, the, the ATU local points out that the decision could ultimately cost about $500,000 in unnecessary litigation. Well, that depends on your point of view, but $500,000 uh, in litigation costs to the city of Hamilton, uh, which this will be going on th- probably during the uh, municipal election. Um, yeah, uh, this is... Yeah, well, I mean, my... Um thought as I put my phone on silent (laughs) Um, is that this you know we've been pretty tough on people who've resisted getting vaccinations and and I will be particularly tough on people not wearing masks this week but seeing as well it'd be interesting to see next week whether I've had COVID or not by then I, I may have done anyway I'll spare you the details of that um but yeah, we, we've been pretty tough on that. So it's like, well, yeah, fire these guys. Maybe that's what you're saying. But the thing is that people who are saying you can't go to work without vaccination are also campaigning to have children go to school without vaccination and without masks. Um, there's no consistency here. There, are the, the, You're allowed to work in a restaurant and not wear a mask and not be vaccinated, um, but not on a bus. It makes that, you know, it, it from from... There has to be consistency, and that consistency had to come either from the province or from the federal government, but I believe the f- province had far more say in it, much more their role, and the province abnegated, ab- abrogated, abrogated that right. responsibility. Um, and, and so now the city's doing this, and it's like, yeah, I kind of see the point of the union and saying, well, hang on a minute, why do our members get treated this way when these people over here are, are you know, that you know, and if there was consistency and if there was unanimity by by the province, would that be far more effective in getting people to be vaccinated? Yeah. Um, 
you know, the way it is here, it, it's yeah. It, for, for the for the record, I, I'm of the mindset. I'm kind of siding with City Council on this. Um, as somebody who got COVID, I don't want to get it. And quite frankly, when you think about it, the like public transit, like a bus, literally just drives around the city. It's it's literally a COVID transportation vehicle. If you want to think about it, um, there's a reason why. The federal government has mandated that masks and vaccinations are still required to uh, get on trains and trains and planes to cross the country. I really don't see why you can't extend that to municipal municipal bus services or transit services, I should say. Um, it's it's very reasonable, but I agree with your point as well that I, I think the union is probably going to win this fight. I I think that they'll win it because the again the provinces kind of Swiss cheese this thing and just kind of kick their eye off the ball and just said, I don't, you know, eh, figure it out. I, I don't know. And again, it's, this, it's yeah, a staple yeah, of this. Yeah. F- it's a sake of clarity. I don't want any bus driver that on a bus that I'm on right. being unvaccinated. I don't want anybody on that bus being unvaccinated if I'm on it. I don't want anybody not wearing a mask if I'm on a bus. Right. Uh, however, yeah, exactly. Th- this whole thing has been shot full of Swiss cheese is a good way of putting it. Um, uh, you know, it, it, it because of because of the provinces point of view so yeah i i find it difficult to see how they're going to say well a bus driver is different from us from so many other uh, right. uh roles where, where you're dealing with just as many people and just as as also, enclosed environments it, it should point out, i don't think the city of hamilton uh the city council did themselves any favor so the the Hamilton City Council, according to CP24, has had a vac- vaccination policy for its employees since August of 2021. Um, so, you know, having a mandatory, it had a mandatory vaccination policy in August, and it didn't, it's not enforcing it uh, basically until May 31st. Now, it did amend the policy in January uh, to allow, I guess, presumably to say, okay, you have until May 31st. Um, they have the option on May 31st to terminate non vaccine compliant workers, which they are going to exercise. I just think, you know, kind of dragging it out this point has kind of made, has under, uh, I think underscored their, their legal position. Cause it's kind of hard to say, well, yeah, you know, I, I do, you let us go this long. Why, why now? And why, why this arbitrary date of May 31st? Now, I guess, I presume the city's going to say, well, that we figured that would give you enough time to go get your shots as needed. Um, yeah, and this is to me. It's just a blatant example of how our every level of government has kind of failed us at some point during this pandemic. It, 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 there's just yeah, it's been politics up the wazoo this entire pandemic. At every level, every level has just cocked this up to the nth degree. And this is another example of it. I remember, yeah, that it's too late to kind of do the right thing. I'm, I'm, I'm worried at this point. I don't, and I don't even know what the right thing is. It's so. It's so murky and gray and, and just unclear as to what goes forward. And it's and it's exhausting because, as you said, like, I don't want to go on a bus with somebody who has COVID. I just don't. I, I got over it myself and I'm, I'm I, I got I've had my three shots. I'm, I'm boosted up the wazoo. It felt horrible. It like, there's this, there's it was not a late cold. It was not a oh, just, you know, a little case of sniffles. It was I was out for pretty much two weeks of just exhaustion and misery um i wouldn't w- wish it on anyone god forbid if you got a full-blown unvaccinated dose of it but you know what's wrong with, what's wrong with saying yeah the, the these channels that we know are going to be major uh transmission factors like public transit and i would say i would extend the same to uh schools 
you know, lifting the mask mandates in schools was a bad idea. Uh, evidence has shown that to be true. You know, these mass transit transmission centers and, and factors, yeah, why don't we just mit- mitigate the circumstances? And I'm sorry, but the, the dangers of being vaccinated, vaccinated no, it's, it's all malarkey. We've, how many billions of people have been vaccinated globally, worldwide? If there was going to be mass death, we would have heard it by now. I, I've, I've had three shots of the damn things. I felt fine until I got COVID, and I was thankful I got those three shots because, my God, if I got the full version of COVID, I would just be uh, – I, I would not be the pleasant chipper self that I am now. Thank you very much. Yeah, I mean uh, – yeah, I mean, I, mean, I, I, I agree. I think it's legitimate to say, no, you, you cannot be an employee and put other people at risk. Mm-hmm. I think that's legitimate. I just think it's just been – the whole thing has just been wrecked by the provincial government of Ontario and the provincial governments across Canada, um, and they're they're you know basically making life easy for the for for the minority of people who who just refuse to play by the rules by throwing those of us who are trying to do the right thing. You know, remember back in early twenty twenty when we're all in this together? No, we're not. We haven't been in we. I don't know if we were ever in it together, maybe for a few weeks. Since then, we've just been on our own, yeah. getting screwed over left and right. Uh, and it, it's, I've never seen the political classes be so abjectly, pathetically useless in my lifetime. I've never seen, got a, I've never seen a case where every political class, every level of government in this country is so out of touch with what's going on on the ground. Like I just really haven't. I, I I am I am floored that you know. I, I I've I've never I've never lived in a time uh, where I felt so utterly on my own in this in, in this country. Like I I really get the sense that the current political parties they say that you know we're, we're they got my back. I don't feel it. I don't feel that they have my support. I don't. I I'm, I feel like my family is on my own. I have to look. We have to look after ourselves, and that's. That's not a place I want to be in right now. I, I don't. I don't want to have that mentality. I'm, it's exhausting. Um, I'm exhausted having to worry about what's if my neighbor's is vaccinated or if, you know if I wear a mask out in public if I'm going to be um, get given the. I, I mean, I've I've gotten weird looks wearing my mask in public. That's the, like you know I'm, yeah. I'm the weird one. And it's yeah. like no, why? why? No, I mean that, that that's that's now the state of affairs in many parts of this province. Yeah, and again, I I speak from recent experience um that you you that yeah you feel like the odd person out if you're still wearing a mask yeah and yet the numbers are going crazy and yeah uh, uh, i don't know we can we can do better it seems like left and right the the idiots are winning um you know the the uh, there was a tweet by Hugh Laurie today that that just touched a nerve with me and it was like the future is looking bright. Unfortunately, that's not where we're going. <laughs> you know, we're ships against the current ceaselessly taken back into the past, or whatever the famous phrase is. I, I, mean, I will, I will, yeah, we're, we're we're getting dragged backwards. Every, I will say every, this: every opportunity. I will say this: if you're listening to this podcast and you're nodding, not I'm hoping that you're nodding yes, that you're feeling the same way that Roland and myself are. Um, I guess take comfort in the fact that you're not alone. You're you're. You are not the minority uh, because it's the it's all of us. We're all the vast majority of us are feeling abandoned by our our political leaders just from stupid ideas. 
we deserve better. We are not, it doesn't look right now like we're going to get better, unfortunately. Um, we're going to get moderately competent, I think, is the best we can settle for at this point. Um, but you know what? Remember that, remember the anger. Remember being this pissed off and this alone and this frustrated because, um, I, I, I think that, you know, I believe everything has a reckoning at some point and we will, uh, We'll have to remember this, this feeling at some point, whether it's at the ballot box in uh, a month's time or maybe in four years' time, we'll have to remember it. But re remember it, because I don't think this is going away anytime soon. And on that cheery note, I think let's bring this episode to a close, because uh, I'm going to go, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go to scotch. <laughs> but thanks, everyone, very much, everyone, for listening. This has been the 905 Roundup. Uh, please like, share spread the misery spread the wealth and uh, <laughs> throw, throw a few bucks at us if you get a chance uh help keep the, yeah keep cheer the us up uh, it will cheer us up yes <laughs> thanks very much everyone take care bye-bye that's it for this episode of the 905er thank you for listening as always, you can send us your feedback, thoughts, and concerns, or ideas for future episodes to our email, info at 905er.ca. We'd love to hear from you. You can help us keep the 905er going by financially supporting us through Patreon as well as PayPal. Visit us at 905er.ca and click on the support tab. As well, links are in the show notes for your convenience. Lastly, you can find us on social media. Search for the underscore 905er on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. So long for now. See you next time. the host of Broadcast Dialogue, the podcast. We focus on Canada and the challenges facing Canadian radio and TV, as well as highlighting those moving the industry forward from podcasting and streaming to new broadcast tech. Check us out at broadcastdialogue.com or your favourite podcast app.